Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. So if you guys are anything like me and you struggle with allergies, raise your hand because I am right there with you. I get super itchy throat, itchy ears, and I sneeze like a crazy woman. And it really does prevent me from wanting to take my daily walks with my husband. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It is designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongests your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes and an itchy nose and sinus congestion and pressure with an ease, which is a exactly what I need. So I have been using them anytime that I have allergies, which has been many, many times. I have found that it has definitely helped me so much where I can go outside again and enjoy my day. So if you guys are ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it is time to live Claritin Clear. It is fast and powerful relief. It's just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Friendships were the same thing. Extremely, extremely hard. It takes about one to two years to fully settle into a new city, which sucks. (laughs) I'm sorry, everybody. Again, you're not looking for someone you can have deep heart to hearts with. You need to start where you are and start with what your life already looks like. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Happy and Healthy. I am your host, Janina Mopola, and it is an honor to have you guys listening to my episode today. So happy Tuesday. I post these every single Tuesday. We did have a little bit of a messed up schedule last week, but it was for a good reason because I got to share with you guys my proposal story. So if you're not watching the Spotify or YouTube, then um, you can't see that I have, oh my gosh, I have a ring on my finger. Like what, what is life? So my fiance, fiance, my fiance and I got to share our story with you guys about our proposal and everything of that sort. So if you guys are interested in that story, go check that out. We were really honored to get to share that story with you guys. But because we wanted to be able to share that sooner than later, the schedule did get a little messed up, but we still posted that week, so we are all good. But we are now back on regular schedule, posting every single Tuesday. And I do want to let you guys know something very, very exciting. For the month of July, I am going to be doing only solo episodes. Let me see if I can find the sound effect. No. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So we will be doing only solo episodes for the month of July because we posted on Instagram. There's so many things you guys want me to talk about. Plus, I feel like there's so much I have to say. Um, I want to do more in-depth podcasts about relationships, about my relationship with Caleb things that I felt like the Lord showed me. And I want to do one about singleness for people that are waiting and people that aren't where I am. And I know because y'all I've been there. I know what the feeling is like. So I want to be able just to talk about a lot of different topics next month. So make sure you guys tune in and comment on the happy and healthy podcast. Some other topics that you want, you guys had 
a lot of great ones. So continue to post in there and I will try my best to get those for you guys next month. So that's just a fun little exciting announcement. So we are going to be doing this episode today with Laura Tremaine, which I'm really excited about this episode because we talk all about friendship. You know, if you're like me and you're 29 years old, making friendships as you get older is just a little bit more difficult, but even maybe you move to a new city or maybe you're just like, I don't even know where to start. We talk all about friendship in this podcast and I think it's so great. It's a great conversation. I really enjoyed having her on the podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy today's episode because we basically talk about how do you make friends? What are things you should look for in a friend? She also talks about 10 types of friends that you should have. And I just enjoyed the conversation. And I think even before you get married or before you date, like friendship should be the foundation to everything. Friendship with God, friendship with others and friendship with yourself. And so I think it's a great episode and I hope you guys enjoy it. Now, also we do love to feature voice memos from you guys. So please always feel free to submit those. The link is down below. I love hearing them and I love just being able to share those with my other listeners. And they just means the world to me when you guys send those. So feel free to go check that out in the show notes. And if you guys don't know by now, we also do post these on YouTube as well as you can watch this on Spotify. So go check both of those out as well. So Thank you guys for just all the love and the support on the latest episode and just my engagement. Um, I'm really excited just to continue to share the journey with you guys, but I also want to make sure that I'm still opening up and sharing with you guys other things that are going on in my life, but also speaking into other things that you guys are dealing with because, you know, a lot of other people are going through different things. So I will be trying to talk about those as well. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and let's just get right into it. Yay. All right, Laura Tremaine, welcome to Happy and Healthy. How are you doing today? I'm so good. Thank you for having me today. Of course. It is my pleasure. I am super excited to get to chat with you about this conversation. Um, we are going to be talking about friendship, which is something that most people struggle with, guys and girls. And um, this is a very popular conversation because I think a lot of people are lonely or a lot of people are maybe in friendships and they're just like, I don't know if this person's actually really good for me, but I'd rather be friends with them than be alone. And mm -hmm. so I'm really excited to talk about this topic, but before we get into anything, I would love for you just to introduce yourself, what you do and talk about your book. Okay. My name is Laura Tremaine and I am a podcaster and a writer. I am a mom. I live in Los Angeles. I grew up in a teeny tiny town in Oklahoma, and I moved to L.A. after college sight unseen. That's a big part of my story because going from small town Oklahoma to Hollywood was culture shock, to say the least. And I have written about that for a long time now. I started as a blogger, then I became a podcaster, and through all of those things, social media presence... And, you know, speaking about things on the podcast or on my blog, the topic of friendship came up over and over again. It felt like so many people got to adulthood and no one had ever told them that friendships are harder than you might expect. People talk about that there's work that goes into marriage. People talk about parenthood or career stuff. And everyone just acts like friendship is a given. Yeah. And that was not my experience. And that's not what I was hearing from, you know, the audience. And so I have written two books now. The first one is called Share Your Stuff. I'll go first. And it's about sharing yourself as a way to connect, which the message is really about sharing. But the underpinning of that is friendship, right? Like, who are you sharing to? So my follow-up book that just came out this spring is called The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs. And it's really talking about how 
to think about your friends, to alleviate that loneliness that a lot of us feel. A lot of us have an ache around not having childhood friends Mm -hmm. or not having new friends or moving to a new location and being unsure how to make friends. And so I just wanted to write a book that sort of encompassed all of those ideas around friendship. And I don't want people to be scared by the subtitle, 10 Friends, because that's people are like, 10 Friends? Yeah. But it's kind of over the course of your life. I talk about all, all types of friends that are definitely over the course of your lifetime, not all at once. That is so great. I think that's a great title. It's very captivating. It's something that I think everybody wants to know and is struggling with. And I know, especially like, I think you said this earlier, as you get older, you're like, this is hard. Like you don't have in those, those built in best friends. You don't have friends from college or like high school. And then you maybe move and then you're like, I am so lonely. What do I do? And so I really think that your book is going to help a lot of people. And it's funny because one of my most listened to episodes on my podcast is all about friendship. So clearly there is a need for friendships and nobody wants to feel alone. Nobody wants to feel like nobody loves them or cares about them. And so I just think this is a really important conversation to have. So can you kind of share your story with friendships? Like, did you go through when the the women in the book that you're talking about, have you experienced all of these? What does friendship look like for you now? And um, yeah, what was friendship like for you before? So the 10 friends that I write about in the book, I kind of give these 10 archetypes of types of friends, like a business bestie, an old friend, a battle buddy. Like I, I spell out these 10 types of friends. And I do have all of those types or have over the course of my life that I write about. But one of the things that spurred me on to write about friendship or even to talk about sharing your stuff was that I went through this period of intense loneliness. So like I said, I grew up in a small town and then I went to college in my same state. You know, I was in a sorority. I did the summer camp thing. Like the first 22 years of my life, let's say, friendship wasn't hard because it was sort of served up to me. Like Mm -hmm. I did sports teams. I did dance. Like the things that just the proximity alone makes you feel like you're like included and know people and get invited to things. And so it wasn't until I moved to Los Angeles after college, I didn't have a job and I didn't know anyone. I was kind of seeking adventure, kind of doing that young 20s thing that I was really excited about that part of my life. But when I got to California, it felt like everything that I had known about making friends prior to that, those rules did not apply. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was so much harder for me to make friends in my 20s than I thought it would be. Like, people were going out to bars, and I tried that. I don't like that. That's not me. Like, the way that people were meeting friends, it felt flaky and shallow, and I just, like, was having a hard time connecting. Mm. And then I got married later in my 20s, and I thought, well, you know, now we're going to start a family. We'll have couple friends. We'll all have mom friends. And that didn't work for me either. And I did all the things that, like, experts tell you to do. Like, I, you know, put myself out there. I went to groups. I, you know, invited people to get coffee with me. Like, I don't know, all of the different things. And nothing was really, like, hitting. And so Mm. I had childhood friends. I had some college friends still. My husband and I have a big age gap. He's 13 years older than me. So couple friends weren't really, Mm -hmm. you know, manifesting for us. It was a real struggle. And so this is when I started writing about it on my blog. So this was a long time ago. But this is when I really started talking about this period of loneliness. And the two things that I did back then that changed everything 
was one, I started that blog, and this was one of the things I wrote about. So I started sharing myself online, and I met so many like-minded people by sharing myself myself online. And there's caveats to sharing yourself on the internet, but truly, that was a game changer for me. And then the other thing was, I started a book club. So I love books. That seems like an obvious thing to do, but there were a few things about the book club that made it like really key. One was it was consistent. Once a month, there was already something on the calendar for me that was social and that I looked forward to. And I didn't have to reinvent the wheel every time. I wasn't having to like ask a friend to get together and then figure out something fun to do together. Like we had this thing. So between this online piece and there, online can be a great way to make friends. And then this in-person piece that was consistent, those two things finally, after years of struggling to make friends in Los Angeles, they finally came together for me and I met my people. But it took so much longer than I would have thought. And that's another thing that I want to talk about is that some people feel like, oh, you know, it'll just take like a month or something. I'll ask someone out and it'll be immediate (laughs) friendship chemistry. And that's just not true. It takes so much effort. And, like, we don't want something else we have to put effort into. (laughs) We're like, oh, my God, I'm already working on my career and my relationships and my, you know, all the things that we work or that we're working on all the time. Who wants to work on friendship? That's supposed to be the thing that's easy. So it's hard to talk about this in a way of, like, it does take a lot of effort. And I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it does, though. That's such a good point. I mean, yeah, they really don't fall out of the sky. And I think, yeah, especially as you get older, like you kind of go through this shedding period where you're like, okay, we're not really going the same direction anymore. Maybe your friends get married and you're the one still single or vice versa. And you're in a different season of life. Or maybe your friends become toxic or they move and you move or you go to different. Like there's just so so much nuance to this that I think you know, isn't fully a one size fits all. We don't all know how to address this. We're really taking this day by day. Listen guys, Janine and I have been married for six months. And the reason why it is a beautiful marriage, it's because of Thrive Market. Thrive Market, thank you so much for sponsoring this episode. We genuinely love you so much because of Thrive Market. We're able to save so much time through ordering all our grocery and household essentials through the app or website. Uh, Guys, it's just a huge stress relief. And you guys also know I have gut issues, like really, really, really bad. So finding, you know, food with top quality ingredients is super crucial for me. And Thrive Market not only does that, but they restrict over a thousand harmful ingredients like artificial flavors, high fructose corn syrup, and a lot more. And guys, when if you're parents and you have you need to find organic kid snack, they have low sugar alternatives and high protein essentials. Jenny and I are also training for our marathon, so it is so beneficial that we can find all of our protein options and snacks through Thrive Market. And guys, save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash healthy for 30% off your order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash healthy, thrivemarket.com slash healthy. But it's actually funny because I did the similar thing. I moved from Dallas to LA and I was like, I'm going to pursue my dreams and did the whole thing. And friendships were the same thing. Extremely, extremely hard. Um, But I think like my encouragement to women is kind of probably what you would say too, is like, don't lose hope and to keep trying and pursuing because I mean, even if you try one thing and it doesn't work, doesn't mean that everything's not going to work. And so you kind of have to find 
that that group or those people that align with you or maybe you join a club and these are people that have the same goal and interest as you which I found to be for me like I ended up finding women that were similar to me at my church and I tried you know other places but at my church is when I was like I finally felt like okay I belong and I found people and it worked but then I moved back to Dallas and then I had to start the whole thing over and I think it's so true what you said of people were like okay I moved here like where are my friends it's like doesn't happen that easy but what I've seen and like I think I've heard it statistically that it takes about one to two years to fully settle into a new city which sucks <laughs> I'm sorry everybody but um it's true so it's like you can't beat yourself up if you even in a year you still haven't found your rhythm in your groove that's right and also I think we have too high expectations for what those friendships are supposed to look like yeah like because I came from a place where I felt deeply connected and we could have really good conversations and laugh and all of these things from my childhood that when I moved to LA I I held all new friends to that same standard Mm. And that's a little bit unfair. It takes a long time sometimes to build a foundation where you can, you know, have heart to hearts or that kind of thing. And I wasn't appreciating that there is something to having like friends that are just fun or, you know, friends that you only know in this one particular area, like they're only work friends. But you know what? They're still friends and they still get what you do all day. Like, those are still valuable pieces that I didn't see. Like, I only was looking for what I thought a best friend would look like or what girl friendships are supposed to look like. Like, I had a really narrow vision for what that connection should feel like. And I do think I denied myself some fun relationships that maybe weren't super deep, but that would have carried me through that time a little bit better. I think sometimes we're always looking for, like, like I say in the book, we're not friendship dating for friendship marriage. <laughs> like uh-huh. you don't have to find a friend that's going to be your end all be all bestie forever. Right. That's not the only type of friendship. There are lots of other people out there that even if they're just your friend for the season that you live in that apartment or you work in that job or whatever, they're still a companion. And if we see one another with that like sort of grateful lens of like, oh, I'm so glad that we have someone to grab lunch with, or I have someone who understands my work day, that sort of elevates all of our relationships and takes the kind of desperation out of like, are we going to be best friends? No, that's such a good point. It's like you go on a date with somebody and you're like, are we getting married? It's like putting that expectation. And I think that's honestly such a good point that like certain friends come and go or they're there for certain seasons or they are there for certain environments. Like there's a lot of people, you know, within the podcasting influencer world that I'm friends with solely solely because of social media. Because again, you bond over this commonality, but they're not the person I'm calling up when crap hits the fan, whenever I'm going through a breakup or family stuff, whatever. And so there's different... I love what you're saying. There's different friends for different roles. And I don't think that's a very common message because I think a lot of people are like, no, you need to have your three ride or die best friends. And I think if you have that, like, I think I personally have my three ride or die best friends, but I also still have another network of other people like church friends, workout friends, social media friends, people that live in different cities. And I think it's like, it makes life more fun and interesting because each of these people teach you something differently. Sometimes when you only have friends that look like you, you are in an echo chamber of thoughts or patterns or beliefs. And it's kind of cool to have friends in different walks of life and ages and 
you know, whatever careers that they're doing. And I found that to just help diversify your thinking and the way you just think about life in general. And your understanding. Like, I don't know what the relationship is like with your ride or die besties, but they probably don't understand, like, the podcast world no, or the influencer world. Like, they don't. Yeah. I know that mine don't. They, like, it's, they, they're barely online. They yeah. just don't understand, like, what those, you know, struggles are or the joys of that or anything. And so your podcast friends or fellow social media friends, they are filling a very specific role in that they understand what it's like to grow a platform. They understand what's hard about this and what's awesome about this. And like, that is amazing. You don't have to explain any backstory to them. Like, they get it. And so even if you would never call them in an emergency, for example, if you hit a huge, amazing work milestone and you told them they could really cheer you on and understand how much work that took in a way that like you know your childhood friends are going to be like yay I guess I don't know right right so what would be your advice to women that are listening or men that are listening honestly and they're like okay that sounds cool in theory but I don't even know where to start like I have no friends I have so many people that DM me and maybe you get that too after your book going live and they're just like okay this is cool but this all feels so daunting and I'm starting over. I'm, you know, I'm sure you get the DMs as well. So what would be your advice to people that just are wanting one to two friends? First of all, you have to look around at your existing landscape. Nothing about this book or what we're talking about is, you know, calling you to go find 10 new friends from scratch. That's too hard. That's too vulnerable. Nobody has time for that. Looking around at your existing friendship landscape and think who is already here that I could invest in a little bit more. So, you know, let's say you go to Saturday morning yoga every week. You like love that yoga instructor and you're always there, but then you always just like boogie back to your car and grab your coffee and go home right after. Mm. What if you like took a moment to look around and be like, you know, this chick in the corner, she's here every week too. Like we obviously have something in common that we like this workout. We like this studio. We probably live in this neighborhood. I don't know. Looking around and noticing who else is in your workplace that might be like someone that you could grab lunch with on a regular basis, like looking around at who's already there, a neighbor, like your neighbors, that's an intimacy that like you share a street, uh, you know, concerns about your area. They can check if you're home at night or if they're not, you know, like someone that you can just sort of be in companionship with. Again, you're not looking for someone you can have deep heart to hearts with. You need to start where you are and start with what your life already looks like. Now, beyond that, there are other steps, of course, like meetup.com offers all kinds of ways for you to join, like any kind of clubs, local clubs, you know, look at your church, look at your like local YMCA. Like, yeah, there are steps beyond that. But before we even go to putting in all of that extra effort of of trying a new hobby or all those things. That's like the next step. The first step is look around to see who you might be missing. There are people in your life. Like there are literal physical people in your life that we just sort of dismiss Mm -hmm. because we've made a judgment of like, oh, she's not like my vibe or, you know, she's not my style or we are not going to have much in common. I can already tell. We make a lot of judgments. Sometimes those judgments serve us well. Sometimes we're missing out. On somebody that's literally right in front of us with the same schedule or the same neighborhood or the same job that could really bring 
a lot to this season. And so lowering the expectation that you're going to find a bestie, I hope you do, but that's not that's not the only way to mm-hmm. not feel lonely. So lowering your expectation for the depth of what a friendship needs to be and then also looking around at your existing life landscape. So many of us miss what's right in front of us. That is so good. Absolutely, absolutely love that advice and could not agree more. I think also, you know, like you were saying, people maybe expect this like instant best friend, but all of this requires intentionality, consistency, effort, reaching out, putting yourself out there, maybe getting rejected, feeling uncomfortable, you know, maybe texting them being like, oh, hey, do you want to hang out? And then maybe saying, hey, I'm busy, but maybe next week and not letting that hit your ego of like, oh, they don't want to hang out with me. And I think a lot of it is just allowing yourself to be uncomfortable. And I totally agree with that advice because, you know, for me, for example, like I go to this gym and there's a lot of girls that work out with me every single week. And I did that. Or there was these two girls. I was like, oh, they're, they're not going to want to hang out with me. They think I'm weird. Or maybe, you know, they're just, they, they're friends and they're not going to include me. But the more that we hung out and the more I started asking questions and getting to know them, the more we started to build this consistent friendship. And then we started in a group text. And then now we work out together all the time. And now we text each other. How's your day going? And like, now we've all formed a friendship. But it took, honestly, like six months. And so I love that you're saying it's like people that are literally right underneath your nose, your barista, the girl that does your hair, the people that you see on a consistent walk where you're like, oh my gosh, I keep seeing this girl over and over and over. So whatever, the coffee shop, I think it's opening your eyes, being aware and also being willing to put yourself out there and say, hey, I notice you come here a lot. I do too. What's your name? You know, would you want to get coffee sometimes? And um, sometimes I think like the the coolest friendships are formed in the most unexpected times. Yeah. And also like what in your story, you have to be willing to drop some of your ego around if they're open to getting together or like if you make a judgment of like, oh, those two are already friends with each other. They don't want a third. Like you have to sort of drop all of these things that are insecurities or our anxieties or even maybe our past history you know, we get in our head about it. We get really tangled in our head about it. My daughter started a new school this past year and, you know, I had to kind of make new mom friends. And I would sometimes text people and be like, hi, you know, we're new to the school. Would you like to get together? Not everyone responded. Mm. And I had to be like, well, I can't take it personal because I have for sure not responded to texts sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, you have to just have a lot of grace that it's not always personal. It's not that they like think that you're lame and stupid. It's just people are busy you know, people are in, in their own world or in their own bubble. And so that requires you dropping your own ego and then also having a lot of grace for kind of what the response is. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a ton of trial and error. And that's why you have to hold it a lot more loosely, like back to the not expecting a bestie, holding it all a little more loosely of like, this isn't personal. There is no desperation here. This is this is just adulthood and how connection works. Connection requires me putting myself out there a little bit. I love that you said, um, hold things loosely because that's something I actually talk about quite a bit is holding your friends loosely because I think the more that you try to grip on to these friendships or cling on them or make them be like, no, you have to be my best friend. You're not allowed to have any other friends besides me. I feel like the more you end up killing the relationship because I think expectations 
on friendships end up killing the relationship and killing the friendship because things aren't growing in an organic way. And of course, I think there's things you can communicate because it's like any other relationship. Hey, that hurt my feelings. Hey, you know, I'd really love for us to be able to meet once a month if possible. But I think sometimes when we don't hold our friends loosely, we end up like, like choke holding them. Like you have yes. to perform this for me. And nobody wants to feel like that. Like I've had friends do that to me and it makes me absolutely repelled. It makes me not want to hang out with them. And I think some of my most healthy friendships are the friendships where we're like, Hey, I can't answer the phone right now, but I'll call you next week. And there's no bitterness, no resentment. We understand you're busy. I'm busy, but some friendships, they're like, you didn't call me back and you didn't text me. And it's like, yo, like we're busy grown adults, like allow me to breathe. And so I think holding your friends loosely and not having these crazy expectations on them just keeps the friendship healthy. Any thoughts on that? Well, I think that we do that thing sometimes if we're the one that's gripping so tightly, we feel like that that is the work of friendship or that that is what's keeping us close or like we, we sort of think that's showing love in some way. Like, oh, I'm just really trying to stay super connected to you without realizing that we're choking it. Honestly, I love that analogy because I feel like we can do this in a lot of areas of our life, not just relationships, but like we can, if we hold anything too tightly, we can kill it. Like our career, any kind of relationship, any expectation of our future, any of those things, we just, when we hold so tightly, everything feels tight in our spirit and in our body. And when we are able to like loosen, everything is able to sort of flow and be better And that's definitely true with friendships, but we're talking about other people who are sort of chokeholding us, but also we can be the ones who are holding on so tightly because we're lonely or because we really feel a great connection with them. We want to keep it going, but it is repellent. Like you're saying, it does make people be like, oh, this is, this is a little bit too much. It's a tricky balance though, because I feel like I want to hold it loosely And I want there to be a lot of natural sort of like chemistry and flow, like I said. But sometimes if you take that too far and then it, you know, a friendship naturally drifts or fades or somebody gets their feelings hurt because they feel ghosted when you're trying to hold loose, but they're receiving it as being ghosted. You know, I mean, like there's a balance between, you know, there's kind of a push pull between reaching out to one another, holding one another, carrying one another in times of friendship and also like gripping it so tightly. No, I I love that you even mentioned that because I mean, one of my friends, we um, realized that we hadn't called each other in literally like a month and we ended up having like a come to Jesus moment together. Well, we were like, okay, we have not been intentional enough with each other. If we don't put effort, this friendship will adrift. Like we aren't going to know each other's lives and what's going on. So we do need to make some more effort. And so again, we understand that the person's busy or whatever, but we also realize like if we want this friendship to last, we're going to have to put some time and effort into this but I think that's what's hard is it takes two willing people to do that so and it takes a for me anyway this might not be true for all personality types but for me it takes a little bit of an organized mind Mm. so in the book I have five core friendship philosophies and the very first one is friendship is a to-do so I have to put things down on my to-do list to connect with friends, to remember to check in on someone, to remember that somebody had a surgery or their mom was sick or, Mm. you know, whatever. I have to put it on a to-do list because I do get busy and a month will go by very easily. And I haven't, you know, made the effort 
on the outside, I haven't reflected on the outside with my actions, with what's in my heart. Those two things are not matching. So for me, I was kind of dropping balls a little bit in my friendship, which I write about in the book. Like I would forget to text people back, like I said, or I wouldn't check on someone when I knew they were going through something because I'm busy, because I'm a mom, because I have a career, which is valid. But I had to fix it for myself and that I was like, well, I have to make this a to-do list just like I have to-do lists to for my housekeeping, for my, you know, for my work, whatever. And so I have on my notepad every day, I have a work to-do list, I have a personal to-do list, and then I have a connection to-do list. And if I have a friend, like you're saying, that I haven't talked to in a while, but, you know, I'd had a thought about her, something reminded me of her, I will just write down, like, make sure you check in, send a it, it, and it can be easy. You can just send a cute little like meme or something just to say like, hey, I'm thinking of you. Can we catch up at some point? It doesn't always have to be like a major task, but you do have to sort of keep a rhythm between you. Um, and and like with your friend that you went a month without talking to, sometimes it does help, like the book club, to have something on the calendar. Like yeah. the first Tuesday of the month, we always grab a drink right, or whatever. It's very helpful in these these like busy, distracted world, if you have something already there, it's already there. Like like 80% of the work is already done. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good point to not confuse um, expectations for just being a bad friend. Because I do think that there is a component of being a good friend with intentionality and thoughtfulness, especially like you what you said, if you know someone is going through something or they have surgery or they are recently, you know, opening up about things they've struggled with. And then for you just to kind of be like, okay, cool, thanks for sharing. And then never follow up, never ask them, hey, can I pray for you? Hey, can I help you? Can I do something for you? I think that is where people's expectations do get hurt is because they're like, okay, I've shared this with you and I would love to see you be a friend right now. Mm -hmm. Like come alongside me. And so that's where I don't want to mistake those two because I'm not trying to say like, oh, everyone lower your expectations and all your friendships should suck. I do think healthy, good friendships require intentionality and thoughtfulness and keeping up with the person, but also knowing like if your friend does drop the ball occasionally, it's not like beating them up over the head being like, how dare you suck as a friend? And if it's a consistent thing, then I'm like, okay, maybe you should have a conversation with them, you know? But I'm glad you mentioned that. Could you share more, just kind of before we like close out, but I'd love to hear more about these 10 women that are in your book. So I write about the 10 women and I just made them up, by the way. This isn't like, I didn't do a lot of, you know, deep research, but a lot of this came from different conversations that I've had over the years, like I said, on my podcast, social media, and originally my blog. And... Then these are also women that I actually have in my life. So do you want me to just read you the quick 10? Sure. There's the daily duty friend, the old friend, the business bestie, the fellow obsessive. That's one of the most popular ones. <laughs> the battle buddy, the yes friend, the mentor, the password protector, the new friend, and the soul sister. So these are all different types of women that some of them are seasonal. You know, you're not always going to have a mentor. Eventually in your life, you're going to be the mentor. Mm -hmm. So like there's, you know, I'm sort of looking at different parts of your life when you might really need a daily duty friend. But I went almost all of my 30s without one. You know, I had daily duty friends when I was young, and then I didn't find one again until I was almost 40. Mm -hmm. There's a soul sister, the kind of thing that we all crave. 
And then there's these more fun friends, like the fellow obsessive, the yes friend. And those bring a different kind of fulfillment to our life. So like a fellow obsessive I write about is someone who is equally obsessed with something that you are obsessed with. This can be anything. This can be a TV show, a workout, a podcast. And they're just someone that you can deep dive with about this thing you're obsessed with, you know, for so long that you don't get to do that with any other friends. No other friends, you know, watches that same show or likes that same band or whatever. And that's your main connection point. And that's also enough. You don't have to have like 10 other things in common because just being able to connect on this thing you're obsessed with, for example, is like fun and fulfilling. And that's all it has to be. You don't have to call each other when you're sick. You just connect in this one way. Same with a um, similar vibe, but with a a work friend, which we already talked about, password protectors, battle buddies, someone who's going through the same battle you are. Yeah. So those are are just the 10 friends that I want readers to keep their eyes out for. I also do write one chapter in the book that's very important to me called The Empty Chair. And it is sort of holding a chair open on your life council. Maybe the chair has been vacated. Maybe you have gone through a friendship breakup. Maybe you've gone through friendship loss. Friendship breakups are super tough. Yeah. And a lot of us go through them and then never talk about them. It's mm. not the same kind of thing as talking about a romantic breakup, you know, which we have all the all the sympathy in the world when our friend goes through a romantic breakup. When they go through a friendship breakup, we're like, eh, like find a new friend. I don't know. Right. But there's a lot of pain associated with that. And then the empty chair also represents like new friends to come into your life. It's almost like the I'll leave the light on for you kind of vibe. It's I'll leave this chair open for to let new people come into my life. My circle is not closed. There's always an empty chair open. That's awesome. I I really like that list. And I think that is a super like great gauge to go off of. And I I really like what you're saying, though, just in general, knowing that, you know, as you get older, you get different friends in different seasons. Like you mentioned earlier, like now I'm a mom, so I'm looking for mom friends. And I think there's, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like there's different friends in different seasons. You have your college friends, high school friends, young adult friends, work friends, mom friends, workout buddies. And so I think it's cool to kind of almost not try to make someone fit every single role that they were never meant to fit. And so I love what you're saying. I definitely think your book will be beneficial for anybody that maybe moved to a new city or they're in their young adult years and they're just like, I don't even know where to begin. And so I really enjoyed this conversation with you. Um, You have a lot of wisdom to share. So thank you for sharing that. And will you just kind of let my followers know where they can check out your book and check out your stuff? You can find me, my books, my podcast, all at lauratremaine.com. My podcast is called 10 Things to Tell You, and my new book is called The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for coming on Happy and Healthy. I really appreciate it. And This was so fun. Yeah. No, you're a great conversationalist, so I'm looking forward to continuing to keep up with you on social media. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Okay, everybody, that was today's episode with Laura Tremaine. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I actually really enjoy chatting with her. She's very easy to chat with and just a great podcaster. I pray this episode was a blessing and it just gave you something to think about and that it will just kind of encourage you and challenge you this week. My challenge for you after listening to this episode is when you are somewhere, maybe your gym or your coffee shop or your job, look around and see who's around you. Who can you brighten their day? Who can you compliment? Who can you ask to get coffee? 
How can you be more intentional? And if you genuinely are really struggling, you're like, I don't know how to make friends. I feel like there's so many great communities. Um, I have my Geneva chat or my abide tribe, which those are always linked in my Instagram bio. You guys can check those out. Those will help you find some people in your city. A lot of girls in my community are befriending each other and it's really, really cool. Also my friend Jenna Palak, she has this thing called fun on the weekdays where she hosts a lot of events and she doesn't even know I'm promoting this, but I love what she's doing and I actually would love to do something like this one day is hosting kind of community events where you can make friends in your city. And so I recommend checking that out because she does provide a lot of opportunities for you to make friends. And so I pray this was a blessing. Um, and also I definitely would say number one, like first and foremost, like if you're struggling to find friends, like the church, the body of Christ is literally designed to do that. Like that's its role is to connect believers. So never forsake that ability, the possibilities, the the wonders, the things about the church and the way that it provides friendships. Like so many of my friends now in Dallas are solely through my church. And so I always recommend go to your church. I promise you it will be a blessing. You get in a small group, get involved, get plugged in and see what difference it makes. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If you guys don't know, you can watch this on Spotify as well as YouTube. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel. You guys can see this podcast and leave us a comment. Anyway, love you guys. Thank you for hanging out with me. I'll see you guys again next Tuesday for another episode of Happy and Healthy. Bye, y'all. <laughs>